0: So they issued a really confusing press release claiming a win for their rare disease drug. I remember at the time reading this, and the only thing that I could think of was the Doge meme.
1: That's Annalee Armstrong, a staff writer here at Fierce Biotech. Later, we'll hear more from her about 2023's Rotten Tomatoes. I'm Teresa Carey, and this is The Top Line from Fierce Biotech. Fierce MedTech and Fierce Pharma. Today is Friday, January 5th. By now you might be reevaluating your New Year's resolutions. Well, stick with it. It might only take a couple of weeks to make it a regular habit, and in the meantime, stick with us. We've got all the biopharma and medtech industry news you need. The FDA approved only 37 new drugs last year. But five of those approvals were in the last 10 days of December. As Kevin Dunlevy reports, the new drugs have blockbuster potential. One is Roche's antibody Lunsumio, which, interestingly, will compete against three gene therapies. Those are from Gilead, Novartis, and Bristol-Myers Squibb. Lunsumio can't quite match their effectiveness, but it is readily available off the shelf, as Roche puts it, as opposed to personalized gene therapies, which take weeks to manufacture. Another edge should be the price, though Roche hasn't revealed that yet. The FDA also approved Gilead Sunlenka, a treatment for HIV. It also offered a convenience advantage, as it's only taken once every six months. Sunlenka is for those who have become resistant to other HIV drugs. And lastly, the FDA giveth and taketh away. It approved TG Therapeutics Briumvi for multiple sclerosis. This green light comes just five months after the FDA grounded TG's only other approved product, a lymphoma treatment. The accelerated approval of the Alzheimer's drug Aduhelm has been, to put it mildly, controversial. And it's about to get worse. Two congressional committees issued a report which suggests that Biogen had inappropriate and atypical communications with the FDA regarding Aduhelm. As Annalee Armstrong reports, the report details an 18-month investigation that for the first time reveals just how closely Biogen and the FDA work together. They held at least 115 meetings, calls, and email exchanges, but we don't know the full extent because the FDA didn't properly document it all. But the report does show that Biogen and the FDA swapped notes to prepare for an advisory committee meeting. The FDA also bumped the approval consideration from a traditional one, which would take nine months, to an accelerated approval, just three weeks of review. The FDA also pushed for a broad label for all stages of Alzheimer's, even though there was no evidence to support treating such a wide range of patients. And then there's the pricing. The report reveals that Biogen knew many patients wouldn't be able to afford the med at $56,000 per year. But Biogen went along anyway. Coming up next, we'll hear about those rotten tomatoes. I'm not talking about yesterday's salad. These tomatoes are companies doing rotten things. <laughs> and later, Moderna's Mpox vaccine and a big move for GE Healthcare. But first, a few announcements. This month, we are hosting another fierce JPM week. It's going to be an exciting gathering of some of the greatest minds in pharma and healthcare. Join us on January 10th in San Francisco, or catch us on January 17th through 19th for the virtual programming. Sign up at FierceJPMWeek.com, or look for the link in our show notes. Also, get out your pens. Nominations are open for Fierce MedTech's Fierce 15. This is truly an honor. The Fierce 15 has always been about celebrating innovators who stand out from the pack. And you can submit your nominations. Look for the link in our show notes. Okay, so not only do we honor the people who stand out from the pack in amazing ways, but we also do a yearly list of rotten tomatoes. Those are people or companies that stand out in, well, rotten ways. There were lots of moments in 2022 that left us scratching our heads. So we've got senior editor Annalie Armstrong and managing editor Corita Anderson to recap biotech's top blunders. Here they are.
2: We're kicking off the top line this year with one of our 2022 recap reports, Rotten Tomatoes. It's one of my favorite peers' reports, and it's been on a hiatus for a while. So I'm extra happy it's back for a second year in a row, Annalie.
0: Yeah, we brought this back last year. Um, It's a really fun one. We kind of just recap some of the crazier news stories that we have throughout the year. We actually found a lot of ideas from the past year. So it was really fun. And then as I had already submitted the report (laughs) to you for edit, (laughs) and then in our final month, there were so many strange news stories all of a sudden that I added up. I added three new entries. So yes, (laughs)
2: Yes. I remember this very well because, yeah, surprise, surprise, I was managing the report calendar. I was like, okay, this will be a quick one to get out. And then suddenly Annalise starts picking me and the report grew by one and then two. And yeah, you were busy adding rotted tomatoes even past deadline.
0: Yes. You know, it happens sometimes. I get on a roll. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes, clearly. Okay, so now that everyone knows the backstory, let's talk about the final list. So, you know, this is obviously not simply you calling out companies that didn't manage to get their drugs through a successful clinical trial or past the FDA. As much as that's definitely bad news, that's not the kind of thing that puts you on Fierce Biotech's Rotten Tomatoes list.
0: No, we're not. We're definitely not picking on companies for having unsuccessful drugs in this kind of list. What we're really looking for is just kind of examples of companies maybe behaving badly or, Mm. you know, that kind of thing. Um, So we ended up profiling eight stories, um, you know, and and common themes among this are kind of like bad press release writing, um, or, you know, companies trying to take liberties with obvious clinical trial failures. So One of my favorites here, favorites is kind of a weird thing to to call this, but one (laughs) of the ones that stands out to me is Anavex Life Sciences. So they issued a really confusing press release claiming a win for their rare disease drug. I remember at the time reading this where they're calling the effect size large and very large, like over (laughs) and over again in this press release. And the only thing that I could think of was the Doge meme.
2: Right. That's also when I dumbly said to you, what the hell is that? And so began my education on the Doge meme. Thank you for that introduction.
0: Yeah. So after we kind of decided whether uh, we could use uh, a Doge on our front page, which I really enjoyed doing, um, you know, I wrote up this story and, you know, that part of it was funny, but this this really was quite a troubling thing that Anabek yeah. did. So they basically were trying to claim that something had succeeded where it it had very obviously failed. Um, And what's especially troubling is that since we wrote that story earlier this year, Mm. they tried to do it again this fall. Mm. They tried to claim that this same drug had reduced cognitive decline in Alzheimer's patients. But the problem was the press release actually said that patients were 84% more likely to have improved cognition. They didn't actually say that it had improved cognition, which is, right. I mean, that's just not, that's just not success. Um So this was just such an egregious example of them trying to give false hope to to yeah. Alzheimer's patients, which is just, you know, it's such a brutal disease that I thought this was one of the worst um people or, or companies that ended up on this list
2: this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and to be clear, our report isn't rank is, is isn't a ranking and readers will just see the rotten tomato profiles listed alphabetically. But you're right, Anavex is a top contender for the most rotten. You know, it's a big big enough company to know better. And considering, like you said, Alzheimer's patients have really been strung along for the last couple of years. Um, that's not because of Anovex, but it did seem like the company was ready to take advantage of the hype um, that surrounds this therapeutic area. Yeah. Um, we could go on about that. And, you know, probably Alzheimer's in and of itself, uh, there could be a whole slew of rotten tomatoes there. But let's move on. Um, another one that made the list was Brooklyn Immunotherapeutics.
0: Yes, I loved writing this story. So this was another weird PR stunt. Yeah, um, They basically claimed that a study had achieved its primary objective of finding the right kinds of patients that might find <laughs> benefit from the drug.
2: That's, that's really some spin right there. I mean, I thought I'd heard it all, but that one definitely takes the cake. I even remember, and I don't know if you remember us talking about this, but I remember looking at the trial page on clinicaltrials.gov to be sure that we weren't exaggerating our alarm over that phrasing. But of course, the primary endpoint was not at all to do with simply finding the right patients. You do in fact need a primary endpoint that measures how well the drug is doing.
0: Yeah, this one was truly bizarre. And luckily, as you said, you know, we saw right through that with our reporting, but yeah, we, we had to double check. We we're like, wait, this can't be, this can't be. <laughs>
2: so, so bizarre. And, you know, talking about weird, potentially weird trial endpoints and trial designs too, other companies made the list for some trial trickery.
0: Yeah, so Relmada and Virios, they basically said, you know, if only the patients who didn't see effect weren't in this trial, our drugs would have been successful. Um, <laughs> you know, we see this a lot, companies having a drug that failed. And they try to look at a, you know, a, a post hoc analysis or a subgroup population to say, hey, it may have worked in this small population. Um, so we had a lot of companies try to get away with this. And, and these two were standouts.
2: Yeah. I mean, even just how they phrased it in the press release, like you said, right? Like if we removed these patients, it would have been great. Like that's just that's not how drug development works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are just a couple of more that I wanted to t- ask you about. You're going to hate me for bringing up this next one. So I'm I'm going to apologize in advance but we I have know where to, we're going to I you, you know exactly where I'm going. But you know Cytodine, it's a repeat offender. We got to, you know, bring it up and talk about it and I know it'll probably flood our inboxes with hate mail but here we go.
0: Yeah, so Cytidine as you said, they are a repeat offender on our list. Um I mean We've written a lot about them. You know, they've gotten in trouble before for claiming that their drug, their drug, which I believe is called Leronlamab, you know, would be effective in COVID. You know, they they got kind of smacked down by the FDA last year, which which is how they ended up on our list. And just because of you know the continued troubles that they have had this year, we we put them on there again. They've been under investigation, and their former CEO was indicted on on. Charges of fraud. So this is this Crazy. is kind of a developing story. Um, it when is. We yeah. Published this piece, the charges hadn't been um, released yet. So that's mm. that's breaking news. <laughs> right.
2: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So then let's talk about Regeneron. Um, you reported that things got pretty heated during. A panel at Milken Institute's conference last week, or a couple of weeks ago, I'm forgetting now, and Regeneron's chief scientific officer, George Yankopoulos, was at the heart of that. What, what happened?
0: Yeah, so this was one of the late additions to our list. I was finalizing the Rotten Tomatoes when this happened, um, and I thought, well, that's a Rotten Tomato if I've ever seen one. So Yen was at this conference where he was on a panel discussing kind of the cost of breakthrough therapies mm-hmm. and like how the you know healthcare the healthcare system can absorb those costs. So he tried to make the case that we can't pay for breakthrough therapies if we don't have them to begin with, um, which is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that's a that's a valid point for somebody who's in this industry, especially somebody who's developing these types of drugs, right? Unfortunately, he did this by calling a veteran port- reporter ludicrous and saying she was way off base and so on and so mm-hmm. on. So,
2: you know, he completely undermined his own point. Yeah, I mean, just disrespectful and also uninformed in some ways, just a hot mix, hot mess. Um, what I did love about that incident was that d- besides seeing that rotten tomato for what it was, you also saw a ripened tomato in there.
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, that moment at that conference, it was worth it to recognize that CNBC reporter Bertha Coombs, like, she was so amazing in that moment. She gets a lot of credit for keeping her cool when this man was trying to discredit her and, and undermine her. You know, this conversation is important. Million dollar gene therapies are already here. We can't ignore this as much as, you know, Yankopoulos wants to say that we can. Yeah. Um, it's it's something that's very important. And, and I think that the reporter in this case, she really did a good job. So, you know. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent.
2: And we do have one other ripened tomato entry. Um, and that one you gave to Genentech uh, for, you know, I thought this was an interesting thing to look at as a ripened tomato, anomaly, and I'm glad you did it. And, you know, Genentech was, you know, not only trying to enroll a, you know, properly diverse patient population in one of its trials, but also, and, you know, somewhat more importantly, it went on to acknowledge that it didn't meet the mark and needs to to do better. So, I sort of wanted to close with that on my end to reiterate the point we made earlier, like our Rotten Tomatoes special report is not simply about bad news. Sometimes there's silver linings to bad news that can like flip the script. And in fact, this was a failure from Genentech that you chose to spotlight as a ripened and not a Rotten Tomato.
0: Yeah. And I think I wanted to do that because so many companies say that they are doing things about diversity. And then, you know, we never hear about those initiatives again. In this moment, Genentech was saying, listen, we, we messed up here. We didn't do enough. This is what we're doing again. And and they kind of invited that scrutiny or that publicity upon themselves, which I really respected when I talked to them about this story. So I thought they deserved kind of special mention. You know, unfortunately, you know, in the past month, couple months That therapy that they were talking about has since failed in the clinic. It's an Alzheimer's drug. So, you know, I don't know whether they're going to continue with some of these initiatives, but I hope that being public with this will kind of keep them accountable.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you know, maybe next year we'll do a whole ripened tomatoes special report. Something tells me that unfortunately in our in our coverage space there are more rotten than ripened tomatoes. Uh, but you know, we can hold out hope for uh, some positive things to come.
0: Yes, I hope in a year's time we're we're back talking about a, a good news yes rotten ripened tomato report. <laughs>
1: exactly. Moderna's revenue grew more than 2,000 percent in 2021. All eyes were watching for how Moderna would spend its newfound cash. After months of speculation, Moderna is making its first buy. As Max Bay reports, Moderna is buying Oriciro for 85 million dollars. This is Moderna's first acquisition since launching in 2010. The purchase is smaller than expected, but that doesn't mean it's insignificant. Moderna's CEO, Stefan Boncel, told Fierce's Max Bayer that OriCero's DNA producing tech could cut down on large scale manufacturing times by up to 30%. That could provide a significant leg up, particularly as national governments are requesting updated COVID vaccines. And also from Max Bayer, as Mpox spread globally last summer, Moderna announced it would begin working on a vaccine. For seven months, we haven't heard anything more about it. Until now. The news comes from CEO Stefan Bonsell, who told Bayer that the data is fantastic. But as Mpox cases trend lower worldwide and vaccine production increases, Bonsell said that further development is not a high priority for Moderna. His comments throw some cold water on the prospect of an additional shot entering the market. <laughs> GE Healthcare has left General Electric. As of Wednesday, the medical device division is officially on its own as a publicly traded company with revenues of around $18 billion. Catherine Estramps is the president and CEO of GE Healthcare's U.S. and Canada division. She told Fierce's Andrea Park that separating from GE will result in faster decision-making, greater integration into the healthcare ecosystem, and a greater ability to take calculated risks. The newly solo GE Healthcare comprises four core segments, imaging, ultrasound, patient care solution, and pharmaceutical diagnostics. Stramp said that GE Healthcare's short-term focus will be split between internal innovation and an M&A strategy that focuses largely on technologies that fit well with GE Healthcare's existing products. That's it for The Top Line. I'm Teresa Carey. Our sound engineer is Caleb Hodson. You can find out more about these topics in our show notes at FiercePharma.com. Look for podcasts. And that's the bottom line from The Top Line.